Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today's episode 129, and we're interviewing Elizabeth M. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's great to hear. We were chatting a little bit before, so it sounds like you're excited to do this. I am. All right, that's great. So let's dive in and start. Tell me about growing up in your childhood. Um, growing up, uh, I re- my dad raised me pretty much. My dad and my stepmom. Um, my mom was in and out of jail, um, different different drug charges, um, other other charges and stuff. So she was pretty much from the time I was four up until fifteen, maybe fourteen, so somewhere. Was your mom an addict? Yes, my mom and my dad are both addicts. My stepdad as well. Um, my stepmom's an addict. My whole family's pretty much um, addicts. Um, some of them don't, you know, some of them have never tried drugs. Um, especially not the drugs that I have done. Um, so it took me a while to get clean though. I had to go to prison for that. So, but that's later on. Um, well, my mom, she's been clean for over 20 years now. My stepdad as well. Um, my dad and my stepmom, they drink still. Um, so I guess they're still addicts pretty much, but everybody, we're all addicts, but some of us are in recovery. Okay. So what was, what was it like in, uh, your growing up years, your young years growing up with addicts, what was that like? Um, I had a, don't get me wrong. My dad was a good man and he raised, he raised me pretty well. Um, middle-class, you know, he worked, um, he's worked my entire life doing the same kind of business. Um, what'd he do? It was hard. It was hard on me because my mom was gone. Um, she kind of traumatized me pretty young. Uh, what, trauma- what was traumatizing? Was it her leaving her, or? Yeah, her just disappearing. I remember one time uh, we, I was at my grandma's and it was me, my sister and a couple cousins. And she told us, you know, we were going to play hide and go seek. Well, she had us go hide. And she said she was going to come find us and she never came. <laughs> um, we stood like we stood hid for a minute and um, my grandma come and finally got all of us. Uh, and I remember the police coming and I remember being, you know, I, hysterical. Um, one of the officers gave me a teddy bear to, you know, try to calm me down. Um, I actually had that teddy bear up until a few years ago. I carried that teddy bear everywhere with me. Um, and then after that, she kind of just still dwindled in and out. You know, she she meant well, but you know how, I mean, addicts are going to do what they want. And I don't think they intentionally hurt people, but she still ended up hurting all of her kids. What was the longest she ever went away for? Uh, 11.29 was probably the longest. How long? 11, well, um, in 
jail jail wise she went 11 29 was the longest um what's that you talking about 11 months 29 days yeah okay yeah um she never really stayed gone for a long period of time except for jail um and my dad you know he really didn't want us around her with her getting high and running off and so he kind of kept us away which made me kind of have feelings towards him that you're keeping me away from my mom. I didn't understand at that age, you know? Mm -hmm. I can remember going to see her in jail numerous times. And I always swore I would never be like her, ever. And I turned out exactly like her. Exactly like her. So, I didn't want to raise my child the way I was raised. And I went to prison. My mom didn't ever go to prison, but I did. I went to prison. Um, 2004, I think my mom finally got clean. Um, I remember her and my stepdad coming to pick me up when she got released from jail the last time. And I lived with them up until I turned 18 pretty much. And I, you know, was back in, I was, I want to say I was in high school, ninth grade, I think when I went and lived with them. And by this time I would have already like dabbled in drugs. I've done Coke, ecstasy, um, drinking, rolling, pretty much doing whatever I wanted to do because I was rebellious and I moved out of my dad's. Um, and in with a friend of mine. Um, now this was in middle school, mind you. And her dad just let us pretty much do whatever we wanted to do. We had a hole upstairs for ourselves and that was the party house. So I did, my drug use started probably, besides marijuana, it started about seventh grade. Seventh grade? Yep. I was pretty much doing everything. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't use needles or anything like that. I've never done that. Um, I mean, there's a few drugs I've never done, but that I refused to because of my mom and how she just disappeared. And so it was, I stayed away from certain drugs, but at the, at that age, I wasn't doing any, like I was, I was marijuana, Coke and drinking ecstasy, maybe pills every now and again, but nothing like really, really hard. And all that was seventh grade. It's seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, it's very young to do that stuff. Yeah. Do you remember what you well, felt like when you first did it? I liked it because I kept doing it. Um, Yeah, I can remember just say, I can remember certain times, you know, just feeling absolutely amazing. Um, and then one weekend, it was Super Bowl weekend, it was when the Bucks played home at their homes in Tampa, 2001 or 2002, something like that. They even won the Super Bowl that year. Um, I, I guess I had took too many, too many pills or whatever and we had been up rolling all weekend. We went to school the next day, and I guess I hallucinated 
my mom and my stepdad jumping out of a window in Colorado. And my friend, she's like, she slapped me. She's like, come back, get out of it. And the teachers, you know, they interjected and they took me to the office and they called my mom to make sure she was all right. Um, after that, I, I, I graduated eighth grade, my ninth grade year. I didn't really go to school. I, I would rather go hang out with my friends on the roof and drink. Um, on the roof know, where? Um, on our friends. Our friend had a, like you, a roof you can get up on, like, and you could walk around sort of like in a big city, you know, the rooftop. Okay. They had one of them. So we would, we would all skip school and get on the public transportation and go over there and just hang out all day and drink and just hang out, smoke weed. And nobody said, nobody said anything about you not going to school? No, because I, I would always go to my second period class because that's the class that if you weren't in, they would always call home. So I would always make my second, my second period appearance, always. So I didn't get caught. And that worked for, that worked pretty much all year. Pretty much all year. And then one time I had me and my friend of mine, we were sitting at a restaurant, like right down the street from my house, right across the street from where our school was. And my stepmom, she drives by and she sees us and she's like, <laughs> she's like, what are you guys doing? You're supposed to be at school. So that was the only time I've got busted really. And she made me go to school. They made sure I went to school for the rest of the year. But they still held me back. So when I went and lived with my mom, when she got out of jail, they I had to start ninth grade all over again. How was high school? I hated it for the most part. For the most part, I hated it. Um, is there a reason you hated it? Um, I, I, no, I mean, there was no in particular reason that other than I just didn't want to go at that point. I just, I rather, I would have rather done what I was doing. Who wants to go sit in the classroom all day when they can go hang out with their friends? So that's, you know, I had, I was, a, I had a bad attitude back then. Very bad attitude. I did, did what I wanted. Did your parents make sure you went to school? Um, at the, at the end of the year, they did. When they, when my stepmom caught me, they made sure I went to school every single day after that. What was your drug life? What was your drug use uh, like during high school? Um, ecstasy, marijuana, alcohol, um, pills. That that was pretty much it. I didn't I didn't try any like heroin or or meth. I didn't even know what meth was until I turned twenty one. We'll get to that story in a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't even know what it was. I had never even heard of it. Um. 
I never even thought about trying it, really. I was okay with just doing what I was doing already. Uh, and then my mom, you know, my mom came home and we moved. I lived at Sarasota in Sarasota at this point. Um, and then my mom got home and we moved up to North Florida near Panama City. And my grandma lived up here. Uh, we lived up here until my grandma died. Um, she died three days after Hurricane Ivan hit. Um, so that was that was hard. Uh, after that, my stepdad, he was a IBEW electrician. So he moved around a lot. Um, when Katrina hit the Gulf Coast, uh, they moved out there and I was still in school at this point in the panhandle. Um, they went out there to get everything situated so I could come out there. Um, I ended up getting in trouble at school one day and where I lived at, they paddled kids. They still paddle kids to this day of, of where I'm from now. And I remember I can't remember exactly what I did, but it was stupid and I, I wasn't going to get paddled for it. And I refused to let them paddle me. So they called my mom and my mom, mind you, is all the way out in Mississippi. There's nothing she can do. Um, they explained to her what I did. And my mom's like, yeah, you're not paddling her for that. <laughs> and she withdrew me from school. She ended up withdrawing me completely from school at that point. I was 16. Um, I got, I went out to Mississippi with her. They homeschooled me for a little while. Um, and I got to the point where, cause they leave me at home all day by myself. I got to the point where I'd just go hang out with my friends and just run around and do kid shit all day. Sorry. Part of my language. That's okay. Um, smoking weed, you know, I, I my mom, she, her and my stepdad did. They messed up a couple times out there. Um, I remember one time I had a bunch of friends over there. They gave me some money. I went and bought a bunch of ecstasy, was smoking. And I remember my mom and my stepdad hadn't come out of their room in a while. And I was, I was by myself and I was getting a little worried. So I went in there and my mom had overdosed. Um, that was really scary. Um, uh, my stepdad, he was trying to, you know, get her to, to come, you know, pretty much come back. And, um, I, that was the last time my mom ever stuck a needle in her arm was that day. But she almost scared died. her enough, scared her straight a little bit. Yeah. What she, what was she doing? Heroin? Coke. Coke. Yep. Shooting up Coke. Hmm. I'm sorry. I said she was shooting up coke. Yeah. Yeah. So she had did? a a crack thing too. Might have been crack. I don't know. I, it was one of them. It was white. I know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, can't really remember. It was crack or coke. One of the two, though. I think it was coke. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, mind you, I had been rolling, like I had been popping ecstasy and doing coke all weekend. So I know it was probably coke because I was doing it. And 
that was pretty much the last time that they ever got high. Um, me, on the other hand, that was not the last time. But I quit doing everything except smoking weed. And I went and got me a job. And I pretty much worked um, mornings. And then I got tired of that job. And I went to the casino and started working there. Um, this was 2006, 2007 by this point. Um, I have a younger brother and sister that they were getting into some trouble and I didn't want them to go down the road that I had went down. I wanted to help them. Uh, so I ended up moving back down to Sarasota and I ended up moving back in with the friend and from middle school and pretty much lived there. Um, I remember having a rolling party one night and we had some guys over and somehow, somehow I ended up with the person that she, that was for her. And we ended up being together for almost four years after that. Um, he was a, he took pills, uh, methadone, you know, if he didn't have methadone, he'd get sick or any type of pill, you know, he'd, ha he'd have to have it or he'd get sick. Um, I didn't do pills at this point. I had already lost multiple friends from overdoses. Um, so I, I had quit messing around with pills altogether. I won't even really take an occasional uh, Tylenol for a headache now. I just don't, I'm not, lost really close friends. And they could have been saved and that, if they would have been just checked on. So I have a, I have a hard spot for pills very very hard spot so i i didn't I, I i was just smoking weed and drinking that's all i was doing at that point uh, let's see so i got tired of having to take care of a grown-ass man i had two jobs i was working all the time I was, I was just tired of having to take care of him and his pill habit so I packed up and I moved back up to the panhandle. Um, and by this point, I didn't really know anybody up there. So I started going out to the bar. Um, I became a bartender and I was doing a karaoke and I was DJing the karaoke. And that's how I entered, I ended up meeting all these people. Um, I turned 22 years old and meth came into the picture. The devil's drugs. Now that yeah, I was about right. to say that. I, you said something happened when you were 21. Yeah. Devil's drugs. Meth. Um, somebody, my, my friend's brother, actually, he was like, hey, have you ever tried this? And I was like, no, I'd been drinking, you know, and they were like, well, if you do this, it will, you know, keep you up and you can continue drinking. And I was like, okay. And it was a wrap after that. It's a wrap. I got um I got hooked really bad. Uh I never did anything but snort it and smoke it. Um 
I wish I would have never took that first hit. I'll tell you. They, they ruined, they ruined my life, and I'm still trying, still trying to get my life back. Really, I, I'm, I'm living out of a hotel room right now. Um, that's another story, but uh, I ended up getting pregnant in. 2013, I ended up finding out I was pregnant. Um, and I had, I had, by this point, I had hid it from everybody that I was doing drugs. Um, then nobody knew that I was, that I was getting high all the time because I had, I had everything down to a, a T, like I could be sitting in the living room and I knew every single noise of the house, every creak, every, you know, I, I knew when, um, my child's father was about to get out of bed. Like I always had time to hide it because I just had it down. I just knew, I just didn't want to get caught doing it. So I learned to wait for him to go to bed or I'd go lay with him until he went to sleep. And then I would get back up and I would get high. That was the only time I could really get high was when he was sleeping or he was at work. Um, so I ended up getting pregnant. I found, out, I found out I was pregnant with my son in October. Um, I found out when I was like two weeks because um, we were out drinking and I ended up, me and, me and him got into a fight and I ended up getting out of the vehicle. And uh, I guess I passed out on the side of the road and some guy found me and called an ambulance and they brought me to the hospital um and the doctor was like you did you know you were pregnant and I was like no and he was like well you do you know you have meth in your system and at that point I was like I was like no I don't I don't do you know denying that I smoke meth at this you know I was like no I don't do it are you sure that it's meth and he's like yeah I'm positive He's like, you need to quit drinking and you need to quit smoking. You, need, you know, you need to get clean for this baby you're carrying. Um, I did. I, I, that was it. I didn't, I didn't pick up a drink. I didn't pick up nothing until I had him. And then after I had him, he was born July 1st. He just turned eight years old oh, a couple man. days ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's the only, that's my only my only son um i didn't think i was going to be able to have kids so he was a miracle baby to begin with um but after i had him I, I grew into a depression having to be home with him all day while he's off at work then he would get off and he would go out to the bar and leave me at home still with this a newborn a newborn and i i just grew really depressed and i started to get high again um, I want to say it was two weeks before his second birthday. I was already out on bond for a burglary. Um, what'd you steal? Uh, nothing, nothing to be honest. And I'll, and there's a better one. So I was out on bond and I was tired. No, I couldn't get help. Nobody. Nobody knew, nobody could see that I was tired. 
and I wanted help. And so I went and broke into my pastor's house. And I hid in his closet until I got home from church. And the, you know, obviously they called the cops. And I got sentenced to 36 months in DOC. Which not necessarily the help that I wanted, but it sat it sat me down. And I I mean I did I did pretty much all that, the whole 36 months almost. Um, the last nine Oh, hey, you're muted for some reason. Uh, I put on go. do not disturb. I don't know why that did that. That's okay. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. I put it on. But um, I'm trying to make sure I don't leave it out in key points that would continue to develop with the story. Um, I got out. I had my own car. I drove off of the work release place with my own vehicle. Like I had worked been fussing my ass for the nine months to be able to have money and a vehicle when I got out of prison. Um, I got released the day before Thanksgiving in 2018. I hadn't seen I hadn't seen my son in all that time. Um, I hadn't talked to him on the phone. I wrote him every single day. I was in I was in prison and. Um, Showed him letters and and knew exactly who I was when I got home. And my child's father had ended up; he got married while I was in prison to somebody else, and uh, that was that was hard to deal with when I found out that he was even seeing anybody. Um, that was a little hard, but me and his stepmom we get along great. Uh, they're actually now divorced. We're not technically divorced yet, but the papers were signed. Um, so now I have, I get my son every other weekend. Um, so when I got released, they ended up releasing me with a warrant. How, how that happened, I don't know. But I was on probation. I also had three years probation after prison. And they ended up releasing me with this warrant, which I told my probation officer about it. I was like, you might want to check to see if I have this warrant. And she said she did. And she said I didn't have one. Well, come February, I get pulled over and I have a warrant. So guess what? I go to jail. She violated me two months later. And I had to go back to jail and do 1129 in county uh, after just having to serve all this time in prison um so that was that was that was hard having freedom for three four months and have to be put right back in in jail that sucks okay <laughs> sucks and i had a girlfriend at this point um i was living with her and that's i got arrested um I didn't know it at the time I had met this girl in county jail before I got sentenced to prison. She had come in on a traffic violation 
So I ended up meeting her and there was just something about her that I'm just like, and we ended up being together. Uh, she just left me actually for a 60 year old woman. That's a little, that's a little hard. Uh, threw me out on the streets. I'm, that's why I'm in this hotel right now. Um, I almost, I almost died. I was in a really bad car accident in 2020. Um, I've been drinking and I hit a tree and flipped my Jeep over and I had to be life -lighted. Um You would think that would stop me from drinking after that. It didn't. Uh, I went out a couple times after that and ended up like, uh, both times ended up in the hospital because I passed out. Uh, one time I was by myself, I drove, I drove. I don't know how, I don't even know how I got to where my vehicle was left at, but I guess I had locked myself out of the Jeep and I passed out in the middle of the road and um, an 18 wheeler, thank God he was paying attention um, because he would have hit me. I would have died that night. Um, my dad said that the police called him at three o'clock in the morning and he thought I was dead. Because he, he said, he said the cops asked him, um, "Do you know? Do you know an Elizabeth McCormick?" I'll go ahead and say my last name. I don't care. Um, and he was like, "Is she dead?" <laughs> and they were like, "Well, no, but she almost died." Um, that was the last time. That was the last time I drank. I might have an occasional wine cooler every now and again, but I don't, I don't drink. It, um, I, I just can't, I, it's like I take one extreme to another. That's what those addicts um, do. And I know I'm an addict and I will, and I'm quick to say I'm an addict and, um, but I'm also very, very proud of how far I have come. Um, I will show you what I look like in my prison photo. And this is, this is always one of my testimonies. Um, I mean, I was even featured on Spotlight on Recovery in the county that I live in, the police department does this um, flight on recovery thing to, because they're trying to, meth is so, it has involved so much and it is so cheap to get now that it's everywhere. It's like a pandemic almost where I'm, where I'm at. And they, they featured me on here because they know how hard I work. Um, So what is life like for you nowadays, now that you're sober? Um, I would like to say that it, it's better. Um, it's, it is better because I'm, it's better because I'm sober. Um, I've had a little, had some really rough patches here within the last year, year and a half. Um, I've tried to commit suicide 
twice. Uh, the first time was at Christmas. Um, my girlfriend had kissed somebody else and she kept telling me every day that she didn't want to be with me, that she didn't love. Um, and I'm sensitive, like I'm, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. And when you're told that constantly every single day by the person that supposedly loves you, it, it wears on you. And um, she had left, I don't even know where she went. She had left and I had just, I just had enough. And I went outside to one of our buildings that we had and I hung myself, I hung myself and um, God, God woke me up. And uh, I, I don't know why, and I don't know how long I was out or anything like that, but um, I just remember waking up and I'm sorry. Uh, Uh, that's what, what do you mean hard. woke you up? Like, like physically, you got he woke up. Me like, like, yeah, like I, I was, I guess I passed out. Well, you were, you were, what? You hung yourself? Yeah, like I, the the thing, the rafter that I had put the rope over was not that far off the ground, really. So, like when I did, I had like. I slid down. So like my feet. I wish I could show you. I don't, I don't want to relive that moment, but um, I still have the rope, as a matter of fact. And I know that's crazy. I know that's crazy, but I think I kept it for um, to remind me that, you know, it just wasn't my time to die, really. I, I believe that God has something planned for me. I don't know what it is, but um, something, something. He's testing me. I, I'll tell you that. Definitely testing me. Um, I still have the, the note that I wrote to my girlfriend who didn't even bother to come home at all and check on me. I just remember waking up and it was storming outside, really bad weather. Um, that was at Christmas time um, last year. And things, things just got worse between me and this girl um, to the point she stabbed me right there um, I walked around with a really bad black eye for three or four weeks. Um, very abusive, very toxic. Um, she turned out to be, she turned out to be doing meth. She, she was smoking. And, um, she had, she had me fooled. She had me full. Um, 
and that, and that brings me to where I'm at right now. Um, I had a house, we had bought a, a mobile home and put it out on some land that we were living on. Um, and that was our home, something that could never be taken away from either one of us that we always had a place to go. And they ended up making me sell it. And she pretty much threw me out every other day, but always called me back. She always would come back and, you know, she would always get me and I would always go back. Um, except this last time. And uh, I was at a really, really low spot and I'm still there. Like I'm sober, but I'm just at a really, really low, low spot right now. Um, how, how are you staying sober? About, uh, how do you stay sober through things like this? Is there anything special that you do? I talk to God. I color. I have I have multiple coloring books. Um, it's a great stress reliever. Um, I also don't talk to any of the people that I associated with before prison. Uh, there's not one person that I talk to now that I talked to back then. I completely changed my whole circle. Um, I didn't even move back to the town I was in uh, before I went. So my son, you know, my son lives in a totally different town, um, but I refuse to go back there. I, I refuse because it would just be too easy. And I'm not, I'm strong, but I'm not, I don't think I would have control with the way things have been happening for me um that i wouldn't go out and get high up here i don't where i'm at i there's i don't know anybody here um i know a bondsman <laughs> and he's the one that ended up helping me get this room <laughs> that's pretty much it um so, so i'm by myself that's that's how i'm that's how i'm not getting high is I'm, I don't I don't know where to get it, and nowadays you can't be you you can't be too sure if you go up to ask somebody if that's what they're really giving you with all the fentanyl and all of that. Yeah, um, fentanyl is in everything. It is. I can't believe like how how many people are overdosing on this fentanyl, and I mean I would like to think I haven't had it, but I really don't know because you really don't know what's in these drugs nowadays um i i have started a nonprofit. um it's called being them angels um i don't know if you have went on my page or not um it's uh for drug addiction um my i wanted the goal of being able to talk to people and have them understand how addiction is hereditary. I don't know if you know that. Do you know that? I, from what I understand, they are, they think, they think that is something that's true, but they're not a hundred percent. Like they don't have any scientific proof yet, but they believe it is because like, you know, you look at just statistics, statistically speaking, a lot of people with addiction issues, grew up in a household with addiction issues. Right. And I mean, addiction can be anything. You know what I'm saying? I, it doesn't necessarily have to be a drug. 
No, it of course be, not. It could be food. It could be sex. It could be food. It could be gambling. I mean, addiction doesn't just, you know, go towards the drug area. And I was hoping to make people more aware that mental health also plays a factor in drug addiction. You're not not feeling good enough about yourself, you know, go get high. Was there a time that you didn't get high that you didn't feel better about yourself? What do you mean? Well, I would get high. um, Like for me, it was mostly drinking towards the end. And at that point, I would drink. I would only feel okay for a few minutes, and then I would get pretty depressed. See, that played, it. you felt good, but then it played right back down to where you were. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and a lot of people don't, they don't understand addiction. They think it can be helped. They think that it's a, it's a choice. It is a choice up to a certain now, this is my belief. Up till a certain point, it's a choice. But if it takes a hold of you, it takes a hold of you. And what you, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Nope. Hopefully, just right. And people, they shun so many people. Um, it's ridiculous. I have a group on Facebook um, that I created. It's called Safe Stone. Um, addicts do recover and I have a lot of there's a lot of members on there that aren't even that aren't even addicts but they they want to know they want to learn about it and I'm working with the chief of police in a a Slocum which is a a city inside of a county Um, I'm working with him to get a uh, meeting set up with the city hall members and hopefully i'll be able to get my group started but i can't really do that right now because of the position that i'm in she she threw me out you know i I did i don't have a i work at the hotel i'm staying at i clean the rooms here um but i've been here for two weeks and it's been rough it's been really really rough you know i don't have i don't i don't have a dollar to my name i've I'm, I'm just the clothes that are in here and they don't have shelters or anything around here. Not for women. They're all for men. Um, so I'm kind of like in, I'm in a state of depression and I have thought about going to get high, but then I think about it and I don't want to go back to prison. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if you've ever been to prison, but I don't want to go back. I can only imagine how terrible it is. Um, Where do you live at? Like what state? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, oh, okay. New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen on the news, any of the news stories about Lowell Correctional Facility in Florida. No. Well, that was the, it's a level seven maximum security prison that has been on the news for all types of stuff. Um, Guards having sex with inmates, all kinds of stuff. So like, I I don't want to go back to that. And now I live in Alabama. 
and I damn sure do not go into Tutwiler. <laughs> I'm not. Tutwiler is Alabama's only women's prison. It's a, a very dangerous prison on top of that. And I survived the first time. I don't think I would survive this time. So I just, I just refuse to go back. Make sure you stay active good. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. And I still have a long, long road ahead of me, a, a lot of recovery. But I've, I've come a long way. I forgot to look for that picture. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, my phone's dying. Hang on. Do I still have you? I'm here. Okay. So what's going on? So my last question for you. Oh, okay. Oh, I see it. Yeah, look at the difference there. Huge difference. Yeah. What does it matter? So I have one last question for you. Okay, sure. That was a great picture, Elizabeth. Let me ask you one last question. Do you have sure. any advice? Do you have any advice for people watching and listening? Um, don't give up. That's all I can say. Don't give up. Um, recovery is possible. Um, you got to want to help yourself, though. You, you you're not going to get clean if you don't want to. You got to want to get clean. Good it's advice. Very, simple but uh, very prof simple but profound. Yeah, I mean it's it's a like I mean it's it's not simple. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. I'm not and depending on what type of drug you do, um, it's not it's you know it's not easy. It's not. I still struggle every day. Um, I have God to thank for a lot of it. Uh, my son, he keeps, he keeps me sober. I wish he would have kept me sober when I was before, but addiction had already taken me. So all I can say is keep your head up. And if you really, truly want to get sober, you can get sober. It's possible. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. It's great advice. So I think that's a good place to uh, end it. Yeah. So for everyone watching and listening, if you like what you saw and heard, go below and give us a like. Also subscribe to see when we upload new videos. You can also check us out on Facebook, tw uh, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also check us out at www.addicts-anonymous.com for more information. You, there you could find approved literature as well as a ton of resources. So go check that out. That's all I have for today and until next time.